Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome back. Another episode of the Zero Podcast. You're joined by your hosts, CJ, Thomas, James, Bridget. Can I sound any less enthused? (laughs) (laughs) Today we are sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Head to establishmentcoffeeco.com.au and use the code 025 for 25% off and free free shipping. shipping. What is up, fam? Welcome back. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sounds like you have lots of extra energy from not going for walks in the morning. Back's really sore from carrying the weight of this podcast. Listen to him. Listen to him. (laughs) Wait. You good? Am I, am I good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <coughs> what have we all been up to? Bridget, how's your week been? Really good. I'm loving training at the moment. I am back doing some variations of SBD and I did some trap bar deadlifts this morning and I found out I am not as weak as I expected to be. So nice. that's very exciting. What did you do? Um, I was hitting um, sets of eight at 100. So Damn. very happy. And it was pretty easy. Like I had more in the tank. So yeah, awesome. I'm oh, wow. stoked. Yeah. Yeah, training's been amazing. Work's been great. Life's been good in general. So, what are your general happy. thoughts on the trap bar? Um, I'm only doing it because I, I have to. Mm. I would much rather a barbell, but it's very different. I'm not sure if you know this, but I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just want to remind everyone of how much you I. You were hate doing it. RDLs with them <laughs> <laughs> and holding the bottom part where there's no balance. <laughs> yeah, why did you do that again? Was it because it was already loaded or something? Yes. What do you mean the bottom part? Because you know how there's a handle that's yeah, like above the center of gravity? No, no, no. I was using the Alico one. It's only got one handle. Oh, no. The Alico one. That that thing blows, eh? That thing's... the. It's so wide as well. Yeah. It's like a snatch grip. I mean, that's fine for me because I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new version of the Alico one has a double handle, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to get one? No. <laughs> no. I'm never... I'm never... I, I'm going to avoid buying a trap bar as much as I can. I reckon the Alico trap bar has been used probably... Five times. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Hodgson used to use it every session. Come back, Nick, so the bar yeah. actually gets a <laughs> yeah. No, maybe I'll use it. Or maybe I'll nah. use that one next week. You'll pull it out and you'll be like, yeah, this thing sucks. Yeah. The Aussie Aww. strength one's way better. It's easy to load because it's its own jack. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. That's, mm. yeah. James, what about you? How's your week been? Yeah, good. Um, slowly getting back into training. Still very tender, so I can't do much. Mm. I tried to bench press a barbell the other day. Too much pressure on my ribs. That hurt. So I can only do like prime chest press. Some like, I can't do much. I'm literally rotating between like seven or eight exercises yeah. every session. But it feels cool just to lift some weights again. Have you been going pretty hard on cable flies? Yeah, I've been yeah. going really hard on like real bro exercises. So I've been doing heaps of curls, heaps of like tricep extensions, nice. heaps of lateral raises. Uh, yeah, just like, you know, things that don't require much load that I can just push pretty hard. Doing sets of like, uh, I don't know, sets of 20 to 30 reps. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. So how do you know, like, is it just based off how you feel or do you get like x-rays every so often? So no, no, no. So feel? it's pretty much just um, like, if I, I'm just going by feel. Like, you know... You know, you pretty much know. Thomas, you probably know with your hips. You're like, all right, now that's pushing it too much. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to avoid pain. And um, obviously, your ribs play a pretty big uh, part in every exercise we do. Like, you know, when you pull your shoulders back and down, you're flaring your ribs out when you go into flexion. So they, they're they involved in everything I do. So it's pretty hard to yeah. train. So, mm. um, But I'm having fun. Uh, yeah, that's all good. But other than that, yeah, nothing exciting. Nice. CJ? Um, Still terrorizing the streets? No, yeah. not really. Not really. <laughs> But we had um, Filipino independence. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it was nice coming over to the Philippines and still not being too um, sad because, yeah, we had, um, I think, is over the next couple of weeks, there's different. Mm. I know Gold Coast has it while we have nationals. Yeah. Um, big Filo Festival. That was really fun on the weekend. Had heaps of Filipino food, spent too much money. What'd you eat? I went hard. Yeah, same. I went, I went to every stall. I went dumb <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I t- and I got heaps of desserts, like heaps of um stuff from the bakery and all that stuff to bring home. And because I wanted to try it too. Mm. Didn't get to. <laughs> uh, is, is the, it's like a, 
it's like a rice cake and it's almost like burnt on top, like caramelized on top. Mm. Is that a Filipino dessert? Yep. Yeah. Uh, is he talking about babinka or lecha flan? Uh, or cassava cake? If it's probably cassava cake. Yeah. Because the, the rice texture, because lecha flan is very, what do you call it? Spongy to an extent. Not even. It's like jelly. Like yeah. it's super soft like and creamy. Flan? Yeah, it literally is. Just, just for yeah. a bit of context, me and CJ both, we actually just bumped into each other there <laughs> yeah. at a Filipino uh, festival in Brisbane yeah. on the weekend in Logan. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Lots of food, yeah. lots of Filipinos. Oh, was it was so it the Logan Central Botanic Guns? No, it was like a multicultural center as well. But yeah. in Logan, there's one there. Um, yeah, it was cool. There's like live hip hop dancing and... Yeah, that's like on Logan Road. Um, Not Logan Road, nah, on Wembley Road. Butter Factory. Yes, that's what. Oh, Kingston Butter Factory. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah, that, yeah, that's the one. Kingston. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah. they normally hold multicultural events at a at another place around the corner from that. But that makes sense. I used to live just around the corner from that. Oh yeah, yeah. Logan. You know how? You know um, what's Nick's mum's name's business? I don't know. Oh, okay. But the Shupal there was hectic and it was huge. So Shupal's a steam bun. So everyone's probably had like a Chinese like mm. barbecue pork steam bun, but. Yes. Filipinos, just like everything else, they do it better, bigger and better. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's bigger and better. She, she sells hundreds and hundreds a week. Oh, I was think. she there? Nick, Nick can correct me if I'm wrong. No, she supplies. Oh, to, to like, I'm pretty sure she pr- supplies some places at places like Eight Street and. Oh wow! Yeah. So okay. I, I got mine first one from Koya's Kitchen. Yes. They sold out of everything in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Their yeah. whole so they packed their shit up and left. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How good's that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. What have you been up to, Tom, bro? Uh, I don't know. I I had, yeah, you know, like when we did the podcast on Friday, everyone's like, oh, how's the jet lag? You don't know. I got back the night before. And then over the next few days, it hit hard. It was like one night of three hours of sleep. The next night was like 13 hours. Then the night after was like two hours. And only just the last couple of days I've been sleeping. So I've been a bit out of it the last week. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. I saw you emailed me at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're up at that time anyway, kind of, aren't you? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But normally the first thing I do is walk buddy, but you can't walk at the moment. So just getting up and working. And it's so nice to work when no one else is awake because no one replies. <laughs> it's the best. So much more done. So, yeah, I've just been settling back in, really. We're getting, getting set for nationals. CJ and I headed up to the venue today um, with Daniel and Rochelle. We got our little inductions. Um, and then we're getting set for the comp next weekend. It's coming up quick. Mm. It's come around so fast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be gonna be a wild comp. It's gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit daunting going into a new venue, and um, like I just think of how much better Worlds was than Nationals last year because we knew what to expect. We're yeah. gonna have to go through that again, mm. and mainly just setting up all the tech stuff. Like you, it's hard to do a dry run of it. You don't really know until you start the comp and then you work out all the issues. It's it's pretty hard. You can set up everything and be like, oh, yeah, that works. But like last year we did that and then straight away the projector stopped working. That was on as soon as we started, wasn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, 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 first lift. Like I spent the first flight of squats, like the, all three lifts, scrambling around. Yeah. And then we discovered someone had put it at an, HDA, an HDMI cable, a really long one. Where they only travel one way, they'd put that in the wrong way, and it just it was a whole debacle. It was wow. funny because um, there were some people that would make comments like, "Oh, they should have been more organised." It's like, no, we were. <laughs> we were super organised. <laughs> yeah. Everything worked. Yeah, <laughs> it just stopped working when when we needed it. When the comp started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that um? Is that where the zero pro is going to be? Have you guys? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Oh, sweet. So yep. that's all sorted. So zero pro is in the same venue. Uh, it's looking like. We're probably going to outgrow it, so it, I doubt it'll be there next year. Yeah, yeah right. Probably wow. go. I don't know what we'll do. Daniel's got a, a bit of a fetish for changing venues, so we might end <laughs> up somewhere fresh. Uh, we might end up back on the Gold Coast. Don't know yet. Have okay. we um Have we got a list of confirmed lifters for the Zero Pro? No, because we've only opened pro entries. Oh yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of people that have already signed up. Uh, but there's a bunch of people that want to qualify for it in a couple of comps that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll open the open and elite divisions on, I think it's August 1st. Yeah, end of July. How many spots are available? Uh, that's a very good question. It's 180. Yeah, nice. Is that right? 45, 90. Yeah, 180. I reckon, I don't know if you've already thought done this, but I reckon <coughs> we should start sending out uh, the international 
pro invites. Pretty the soon. Thing is, the, th- yep. the thing is, we're not doing invites. Mm-hmm. It's you just if you've got the dot score, you can enter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the exclusivity of invites, mm. and it also requires a lot more work on the meet director's part. Like, you have to know every single dot score. You have to be able to find those people. Contact. It's it's pretty hard work. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I want people doing the comp that want to do the comp. I don't just want to invite people and then have to try and entice them in. I want yeah. people to be desperate to do this comp. And over the years, that's what it'll turn into. And is it sort of like a first in, best dress thing? Once spots fill up. That's it. Yeah, exactly. All you need mm. to do to get in is have the required dot score. And it's not like if your dot score is lower than the next person's that you'll get bumped out. If you're in, you're in. Nice. That's exciting. Mm, very exciting. Any other uh, – <coughs> Do we? is there anything else that we haven't covered for nationals? No, I think we covered it pretty pretty full on last week. Sweet. I'm excited for that. Mm. Uh, CJ, you just went up to Zero Southside to film some of the new equipment. Yes. Can we – yeah, actually, yeah, we can. We mentioned it on the podcast last um, week. Yeah, the the Combo Seven. Nice. Um, it's the <laughs> <laughs> the new combo rack that uh, is at a zero. It is awesome. Um, by the time you guys hear this, you'll have seen it. We would have posted about it. Um, yeah, I, I reckon it's going to be. It's everything you want out of a combo, and like and more. Like if you were to use like a combo rack and be like, these are the things I want. This this has it. Um, has the arms can come in the bench is super like sticky and strong you can't really slide on this bench it's really grippy <laughs> like you can't if your um, setup means you have got to slide up on the bench your shirt will come up over your head <laughs> like it's a really sticky bench it's um because it's pretty hard to beat an Alico combo rack because eh? yeah. there's actually quite a few combo racks out there but still Alico kind of dominate the market in terms of a really good piece of equipment yeah, yeah, this is just really nice and clean and lots of nice nice little touches. So we've, we've tried to embody that, uh, but make a few little changes that are maybe slight flaws on the Alico. So for example, the mechanism to change the in and out rack, we changed that quite a bit. And especially we put the pin on the other side because we've had two racks, thankfully at Brisbane and not our gym because it's annoying when it happens. We've had two racks get busted from people losing the bar. So someone dumped the squat and... Um, it just happened last weekend. Someone, I'm not going to name Kevin, but someone uh, <laughs> uh, put a bench back, but it wasn't quite settled in the rack, so it fell off. And when it lands on the pin, it bends it. And once that pin's bent, it's it, the rack's useless. Mm. So right now that rack can't be used until we modify it to fix it, which is which is crazy. Like, I don't know if I'd call it a, so much as a des- design flaw as a major inconvenience. It is a bit of a design flaw. So we've, we've changed something around that to, to make sure that doesn't happen. We've just learned from having these racks in our gym for, for so long and various other racks, you know, I've, I've played around on lots of other racks and most combo racks are just modeled off the Alecos anyway. Uh, but like the ER racks, ATX, Hansu Power, Goliath, all the big name brands. Uh, we, we've taken bits and pieces from everything, looked at it, and then try to improve on it. So nice, and it's taking it apart and reassembling—that's pretty easy. Yeah, it's the same as any other yeah. combo, really. Nice. Um, one thing that we actually—oh, we actually forgot. Gratefuls. We mm. normally kick off the potty with uh, some gratefuls. So, uh, CJ, what are you grateful for? Um, <laughs> what am I grateful for? Family. <laughs> yeah, family. The Filipino community. Family. I can't believe how big it is. La familia. Especially in Logan. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, yeah, I'm actually really grateful for that to kind of have, um, home away from home. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I am grateful for fiber. It's nice to have a regular routine in every sense of the word <laughs> coming back. Seriously, like the difference in how you feel in that regard versus being not in that regard it's huge. <laughs> oh, you mean like nutrients? No, no, no. I was, yeah, thinking, I mean, I was like, like shitting regular internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was thinking internet. internet. Yeah. yeah, no, because like, one, yes, one of my optics. mates didn't poop for like two weeks after he took an international flight from Europe to Australia. Oh, that's just really unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> two weeks? That's yeah. bad. That's no. a really long time. And internet in Australia is probably one of the worst in any country I've ever been to. 
Yeah. Internet. Like, yeah. In countries yeah. that you expect internet to be bad, it shits all over Australia. Mm. Our internet is the dark ages. It is. It's really it bad. Is. It's so bad. Like we were staying in the middle of nowhere. Uh, if people th- think we had this like amazing lavish trip where we were staying in the finest. The reason that places look so good was because we stayed in the middle of nowhere and paid next to nothing because I'm a fucking cheapskate. Uh, so we'd be in the middle of nowhere where there's like hardly any f- infrastructure and the internet would be 10 times better than what we have here. Yeah. yeah that's. I read somewhere, there was some article a couple of years ago where Australia dropped out of the top 50 countries in the world for internet speed. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. In terms of home internet, it's probably one of the worst. Mm. But we're some of the best in the world when it comes to mobile internet. Yeah. Like our 4 and 5G. Yeah. It's better than most. Mm. So we can get that right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, we have to because our home internet sucks so yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. So do you know what's funny? You just run it. So I used to work on the MBN. So I used to run cabling and I'd go into houses and install the line from the road to the house or whatever. And I'd always have to check my speed of the internet. And if it's a little bit off, you'd have to obviously fix something along the line or make some changes. But you had ranges. So if it was in a particular range, so I'm like, fuck, these guys are going to have the shittest internet. Oh, well, next job. And I'd sign <laughs> off and just to the next job. Uh, thanks. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Andy. <laughs> Appreciate it. But yeah, no, that's that's probably part of it though. Because uh, Australia don't really... Uh, I know, I know uh, there's a big thing about the NBN or whatever, but they don't really, they actually don't give a fuck, eh? Is it because, I don't, I don't want to go too deep into this because it's boring as hell. Mm. Is it because our network runs on old infrastructure? Yes. Um. Yeah. We, not, we're still running on those old copper, like. No, no, no. It's not always the case. Depends yeah, what area you're in. I thought that okay. was the point of NBN is that they were upgrading all the, all yeah, the cabling or the fibers or whatever. Well, that's what, it, yeah, it depends where you are. Um, like where you're, where you're situated or located or whatever, like. Some places it's all like fiber to the curb or fiber to the node or whatever, and then some places are still running on HFC. This is fucking shit to a- talk a- about. Yeah, no, no, yeah. But, yeah. but 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 mm. so isn't that why our internet sucks? Is because even if they upgrade that part of it, yeah, the bottleneck from the yeah from the curb to then the house is always terrible. Is is that what slows it down? Um, not not necessarily. I, yeah, nah. Okay, well. Hit us in the comments. <laughs> Find yeah. us an expert. We're going to do a whole zero episode on why our internet We're going to get fiber to the premises here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have the fuzzes internet on the Gold no, Coast. Skip uh, that. I want a satellite. A zero <laughs> satellite. Gidge, what are you grateful for? Um, Lifting without pain. Yes. Yeah. I haven't been able to lift without pain for a good few months now. And my sessions now have been pain free. So nice. I'm very grateful. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know if I said this last week. I'm grateful for my eyesight. Eyesight. Yeah. You know, people have to put glasses on and still squint and in some parts of the world, uh, easily accessible surgeries for eyesight is yes. uh, impossible to come across. Oh, you've mm. been watching Mr. Beast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah legit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you watch the, the fixing the hearing as well? Nah. Uh, I don't, I, those videos are great, but they make me emotional. It's so sad though. So, eh? so full on. Yeah. Just such an easy procedure for these people to see and they can't see anything. Yeah. Well, Fred Hollows, right? He's an yeah. Aussie. Yeah. yeah. He's the he's G. the Fred yeah. Hollows Foundation, the OG of mm-hmm. doing that, mm. absolute legend. Mm. Yeah, no. So very, uh, very grateful for my eyesight and uh, the healthcare that we have here in Australia. Mm. Mm. Yes, that supports it. My dad's got to get eye surgery soon. He's got a cataract. Yeah, yeah. So he has to. He's like this all the time. Well, thank <laughs> God he lives in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, very lucky. Do you guys have any quotes? Do they do it in? Can Kanungra or Kalabundra or wherever you're Mangadai. from? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? The surgery. Out in the sticks. Yeah. No. So does he no. have to come to Gold Coast? Yeah. Yeah. So they they I think it's booked in for August. They have to air vacuum? No, he's still driving. Royal flying doctors. <laughs> my mum gets too scared to drive on like the long distance trips. Yeah, well, the amount of kangaroos your family's killed, I'm <laughs> not surprised. We don't know if they died. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> the mystery. They're tough. They just get they up are. and walk away. Big balls of muscle. Yeah, I mean, whatever helps you justify it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> R.I.P. Are you Googling quotes right now, James? No, 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 no I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Right, CJ, go on to your bag of quotes. What do you got for All us? All right, don't let temporary setbacks become permanent excuses. Nice. So, 
temporary setbacks is how bad Dom's is right now, and my training's been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> been that consistent. <laughs> so yeah, got to get back into it. All right, I'll go. This is one I prepared earlier. He who fears, uh, sorry, he who fears, he will suffer. Already suffers because he fears. Say that again. <laughs> I didn't prepare this earlier. I don't know if it even makes sense. He it who does. fears, he will suffer. Already suffers because he fears. It just means don't overthink things that haven't happened yet. Just don't worry about stuff you can't change. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Put yourself through it twice. Yeah, one I prepared earlier. What do you got, Bridget? <laughs> um, You tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. <laughs> Damn. Homer Simpson. Damn, that's way off brand. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. off brand. Changing it up. What happened to the sweetheart we have on every episode? Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't gone. I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> oh, so the real Bridget came out. <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson. Yeah, she's negative. The hatred, I can smell it from here. <laughs> well, I heard a really good quote in a book this morning, and I'm like, I'm using that on the podcast. And no, you can't I, remember. I've completely mind blanked. What on was it. the quote? There was some quote literally yesterday. I'm like, there's your quote for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. So mm. I'm resorting to a movie I watched on the weekend, and it's not an inspirational quote. It's just a boss quote. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Continue it. Oh, I know this. Husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son. I think the name, Maximus Decimus Meridius. What does it sound like it's coming from? I don't know, like Mad Max? No. Oh. Try again. A classic? Yeah. Gladiator? Yes. Yeah, watch Gladiator on the weekend. (laughs) Yes. I haven't seen that movie for years. So when we were in the Coliseum, it came to light that Meg had never seen Gladiator. So I made her watch it. What'd she think? It was great. Nice. Yeah. All right, great, I'll watch that film. next. I've been on a fucking great film. I've movie been on a binge. roller coaster uh, of a yeah. movie journey lately. Did you uh, you probably didn't get the quote when I sent it to you, but James told me he's been watching Jurassic Park, so I said my favorite quote, which is life finds a way. <laughs> life uh finds a way. We've uh so <laughs> yeah. we what get the Jeff Gold <laughs> Goldblum. Uh. <laughs> so I've watched all the uh Lord of the Rings. I've watched yeah. all the Jurassic Parks. You Wait, watched Aliens. When you say all the Jurassic Parks, do you mean one, two, three, and then Jurassic World? So we've watched one and two. He hasn't seen the third one. Okay. And then he's watched the first one from Jurassic World. Okay, don't be upset if you don't watch the third one. <laughs> from Yeah, that's what, that's why we haven't watched but it. But how good are they? I'm actually so into dinosaurs now. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's your favourite dinosaur? St- Stegosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> nah, my, my favourite dinosaur... Mm. Uh, it would have definitely have to be a Velociraptor. Yeah. Yes. They're ruthless. They're gangsters. Yes. You should Google Omni Raptors later. They're, yeah. They're yeah. even more. They're even more gangster. Ooh. Yeah. Right. But also, if you guys haven't already, apparently the new Spider Man. The inter- oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the first one was unreal. It's like yeah. one of my probably one of my top tens. Yeah. We just watched that. Oh my! So mm. we just watched so that, good. and the, I couldn't. What the first one? Yeah. 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 Mm. It's unreal. Like yeah. I was still. I was trying to like. Uh, I couldn't really comprehend what was going on because it was, it's animated, but it was done like a comic book. But mm. it, so unique. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. Uh, Ravi mentioned to us the other day it's because he's filmed in uh, a different frame. It took like I think it took the animators four years to make that movie. Wow, that's why the second one has taken so long to come out. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but the first one that's unreal. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So everything good. except the pig. Mm. Like when they had the multiple verses. No, he was cute. It's all right. Peter Porker. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Peter Porker. (laughs) From the Looney Tunes universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's so, anyone that's, you know, grown up and watched all those, it's so rewarding. Yeah, and he'd still make all the noises, all the Mm. sound effects from Looney Tunes. So did you know nothing about this movie before you saw it? Uh, Nah. Were you stoked when you saw his shoes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I knew, I already knew he was wearing ones. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Because they did a, a run of, like Spider-Man ones. Oh, did they? Because of that movie, yeah. What um is he wearing cool shoes in the second one? I haven't seen it. Uh, uh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Oh. It's really really good. Better than the first? Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. It, you know it's wow. it's ranked uh number 3 on IMDb. Yeah, good. You got like 9.1 out of 10. Yeah, th- this will be Marvel's new um uh money new, cow. New thing to ruin. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, I mean, the MCU's kind of gone to crap, but this will be there. 
well, the think money of the, cow because it's so good. Think of the OG Marvel movies like Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire mm. and X-Men. That was sick. So mm. sick. I mm. did see the new Guardians of the Galaxy recently. That's really good. That's yeah. an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. that one. Well, when you say the new one. The latest one, the one that's in the cinema. Right The now. third one. I didn't even know there was a third yeah. one. Yeah. Did you like the second one? Yeah, I love all the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, this right. one's the best. They're probably though. my favorite in the franchise. Mm. I, yes. I shouldn't love him so much, but I really like Drax. Drax mm. is cool. Like he's so corny and so kind of dumb, but yeah. I just love I, it. I can't help but laugh. Yeah. He, he's not that funny, but he is. Yeah. We've we've been yeah. gone through the Batmans as well. Yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh. Tried to watch Batman Forever. Oh. Too, that it's is aged it's, it's, terribly. Yeah, it's so terrible. All of them have, like yeah. as in Batman Returns, yeah. Batman about, Forever. Mm, Batman and Robin, Batman we haven't watched Robin. that one yet. Yeah. I've seen terrible. it before, but it's hard, especially when you've watched um Ben Affleck's Batman and Christian Bale's Batman. Mm. Where like technology is so much Christian Bale's the best Batman. Wait, have you seen the latest Batman? With Robert Pattinson, oh, yes. Another, yes. Another great Batman. Uh, that's probably my favourite. No, yeah. nothing beats the, the Christian Bale ones. No, no he's oh, annoying as fuck. <laughs> no, I don't like him as an actor normally, but I think he's the best Batman. <sighs> yeah. Dude, so the one with Bane, what one's uh, that one That's again? Batman, that, that's, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. That's yeah. the last That's one. my yeah. favourite one. Yeah. So good. Bane's fucking so Batman cool. Batman Begins yeah. was really good too. Yeah. They're all, yeah, I love him. I'm such a... Batman fan. I got um. I, now that a few people know, I've been watching movies and that from the podcast. I get sent so many memes <laughs> now, like, oh. <laughs> and half of them I still don't understand. I, I've got about six people sending me Lord of the Rings memes. <laughs> <in> my- <laughs> I never know now whether to send them to Bridget or you, and I have to. <laughs> I have to pick who's going to appreciate this more. But sometimes I feel like James would appreciate the joke more, but he won't get it because he's only seen Lord of the Rings once. So I have to send it to Bridget, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and sometimes vice versa. <laughs> no, nah, but then Br- Bridget will explain them to me. Bridget will be like, you get this? I'm like, nah, don't get it. All right, yeah. Star Wars has to be next. Oh, he's already said we're going to watch Star Wars next. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what order you? What what order would you watch them in? I think to appreciate them properly, you have to watch them in the order that they were made. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, yeah. absolutely. You can't you can't do it chronologically. Yeah, you no have to way. Do it by time. No way. Yeah. It was intended to be made in that yeah, order exactly. on purpose. So yeah. yes, watch it how mm-hmm. it was made. How um, far would you go? Um, to the prequels, the, the, as soon as yeah, Disney the trilogy and the prequels. And that's yeah. it. Uh, but Rogue One that gets a special well, mention. Yes. That was really good. Yes, I feel like that's separate to the yeah. timeline, though. Yeah, right? it's so. a standalone one. I man, I, I feel like I've missed out on. I've you know I loved movies as a kid, but I was, <laughs> I was always a real fucking jock. Like I love sports. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say th- this is how me and Bridget feel like when you guys are talking about yeah. rugby. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so my whole life I've just been mad about, still am, like it's still chews up a lot of my time. I just watch sports, endless amounts of sports, mm. sporting documentaries, like things yeah, like that. that's so interesting. Yeah, but I've like, my mind has been blown because <laughs> normally I can't sit there and watch a movie. I'm like, ah, this is fake. I know it's fake. It's not mm. real. And now I'm like, oh my goodness. Takes you to another Get world. Immersed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Let's I'm, go. I'm, like I'm now a film critic. So good. Nice. nice, <laughs> nice. I'm into film. No, that's, <laughs> that's what the nerds say. <laughs> we got to think think about what's next after after Star Wars. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you got to watch, watch the rest of the Aliens ones. You watch the second one, my favorite one. See, I can't appreciate because I haven't seen them. Yeah, you so have, I, to. I, you I, have to. W- when you get onto Aliens, let me know, and I'll I'll try and do it at the same time. I'm going to be honest. We can do a book club, but Bridget, I haven't said this to you, yet, Bridget. I don't you? De- what are you going to say? <laughs> No, you br- no good. Bridget's right whole family is obsessed with it. Like Bridget's got a tattoo about it. They still watch it together. They got mem- memorabilia, collectibles, all that jazz. And I watched it. I was like, "This is good," but a tattoo? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's how I feel about <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> no, like oh, I don't like no, Star Trek. It's good. It's great. But I was like, "Wow!" You've seen it one time, and you watched the theatrical <laughs> version, not even the extended edition. <laughs> not even. Yeah, the- James. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Oh. Yeah, but no, maybe once I uh, watch the rest of them, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. What's what's your, if you can think of it off the top of your head, favourite sporting documentary of all time? Documentary, not movie. Ooh. While you while you think of it, I'm just going to say, I haven't seen heaps of them, I've seen a few ones, but I watched um, the Usain Bolt one on the plane, and that was that instantly has gotten to my top ever. 
Yeah, wow. right. That was a great documentary. It's going to sound very uh, like cliche, but uh, it's going to be a probably a typical answer amongst basketball fans. But the last dance, yeah, I was going to say that, that was, was sick. Yeah, that was unbelievable. So good. But then, if you guys want to go through all the ESPN thirty for thirties, mm. watch the Matt Hoffman one. Yeah, that one's good. Unreal. Yeah, right. Matt, like. I'm biased because I love BMX, but if I remove that bias and I just look at Matt Hoffman as an athlete, has to be one of the toughest athletes of all time. Yeah, right. Like ridiculous. He broke his wrist, like completely shattered it to the point where his hand didn't work in the middle of a competition. So he duct taped his hand to his handlebars so he could continue riding. That's the kind of psycho he is. He came away. He he got a um, he got a full knee reconstruction, like a knee repair. Maybe not a full reconstruction. That doesn't sound right. He got a full. Re- he got some sort of repair that had to be done in like Mexico or Canada because it was illegal in the states, and they didn't have anesthesia, so he just did it sitting there. That's nuts. All right, I'll add that to the list. Mm. He's I, a freak. I need you to watch the Bo Jackson thirty for thirty. Mm-hmm. That I, one's insane. I don't even know who Bo Jackson is. Uh, one of the greatest athletes. Yeah, just in general, he t- two codes, right? Yeah, yeah. He played uh, NFL and uh, MLB baseball <laughs> and baseball, like the top two mm. co- did both. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when would you count Michael Jordan as playing NBA and nah, MLB? Nah. <laughs> okay, so his yeah. baseball doesn't count. Nah, his baseball career doesn't count. <laughs> but another really good, uh, if you want to watch some really good skate documentaries, Thomas, you'll appreciate these. Uh, just go on YouTube and type in "epically laddered." Okay. Uh, you've probably seen some of them already, but there's heaps of really cool uh, skate documentaries on people that we would have grown up watching for, or just known from the Tony Hawk games. Do they have Mike Villali? No, but you know he can scrap, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's like <laughs> probably one of my favorite cri- clips of all time is him bashing those four dudes or yeah. six dudes or whatever. And they're like jocks as well, yeah. eh? And oh, he's just man. a skate nerd. Yeah, he just whips off his shirt and starts going ham on these guys and <laughs> crushes them all. Full-blown jocks. It's what so was cool. the documentary watch that UFC fighter, the French Canadian one, who's really into G- like GSP? paleontology? Yeah, George. Yeah, yeah that George was Lab. a cool. I like those documentaries that they do on them. That mm. was a really good one. And that other guy, he started off as a wrestler in high school, and then didn't he have some kind of accident or something? One of the UFC fighters. Which one was that? I can't remember his name. He was a wrestler in high school, like a real jock, and then made it big in the UFC. But then he was in like a car accident or something, and it messed him up. Frank Mio? I can't. He remember. had a motorbike uh, accident. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. <laughs> I don't know if it was a motorbike accident though. Yeah, yeah I'm not too know. sure. Mm. I'll have to look it up. Vinny Paz, but he's a boxer. He's the guy that broke his neck. Yeah. And he, he back then they had to wear that thing where they screw it into your head and had the frame. Oh, and no, he I bo- he he trained with it. What? Oh, yeah, oh, that's like, fucked. So his dad told him to stop. Like quit you're done boxing so he kind of coerced his uncle to keep coaching him in the basement and he was like doing bench press with this like oh my yeah, god yeah and, and he he ended up being world champion again That's but like insane. no one wanted to spar him because you know he was a guy that broke his mm. neck and no one, everyone was going easy on him and he hated it and and he was very like religious so i was like i don't do drugs so when they took the screws out of his head there was no anesthesia oh. like you see these screws being oh. <laughs> screwed, it's like I don't, I don't do drugs so i don't do, and they're like having to you know re kind of refracture and oh. Oh, oh yeah before we get into the powerlifting stuff i just want to ask you guys a question mm. um so what's the best sporting event you've ever been to and what's like a bucket list sporting event you want to go to oh best sporting i i haven't been to many sporting events same but outside of powerlifting, because powerlifting, ha- you know, has a different emotional response for me. Uh, probably my first NHL game that I went to. Oh, I went to a game between uh, the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks, so both Californian teams, and it was also a preseason NHL game. And so the combination of like rival teams in the same state, and plus being preseason, so not quite as serious, the crowd was insane, and it was just like messy as. Yeah, like just full of crap, eh? Versus I went and watched one with my brother last year and it was sick, like unreal, but a little bit more professional and mm-hmm. clean cut. Whereas this one just seemed like a bit dirty and like, even though they were the pros, it's just like backyard hockey. It was sick. What I love about NHL is you're allowed to square up. You know how like you take yeah. your gloves off, take the helmet up and you can square up for a little bit before you get sent off. Eh? Yeah. The rest of sort of just watch it. Yeah. All right, you're done. You're done. Mm. Actually, yeah. that's a sick documentary. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. It's called Enforcers. Mm-hmm. And it's about enforcers in the NHL, which is 
the people that make it to the NHL, they're not good at hockey, but they're good at beating people up. That's sick. And their job is because the other enforcers are trying to take down the top players. And so it's like these enforcers are like the bodyguards on the team. That's cool. All that right. is they're, cool. They're just these like tough meathead kind of dudes. Add that to the list, Gidge. Like yeah. teeth missing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a bucket list one, Tombro? Oh, yeah. Oh, pro- probably like an NBA finals. Yeah, that'd oh, be insane. Stop. Um, oh, I can't bring it down to one. Uh, for me, like the most memorable was like the first ever Broncos game I've been to. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I was like, still am the biggest Broncos fan. Grew up watching um, Darren Lockyer and he was like my biggest hero. Kick left-footed like I did. He's left-handed like I was. So... Uh, yeah, I idolize him a lot and I got to see him live and it was against the Knights and it um, went into extra time and he kicked the winning field goal. And I was like nine years old and I remember just losing it, going mental. So that that to me was like such a resonating memory. Um, I got to watch Manny Pacquiao fight, but that wasn't a good event though because <laughs> he lost to Jeff Horn here and that was a robbery. Um, but bucket list... Would have to, yeah, it'd have to be stuff like that. Like a game seven NBA finals. I've always said like, it'd be awesome to do the 100 meter final at the Olympics. Yeah. That would be an insane thing to witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, origin. Origin has always mm. been, yeah, I want to go to an origin. That's actually a realistic one I can, yeah. <laughs> I can do. <laughs> the only problem with like the 100 meter final is it's like, it's nine seconds. It's literally yeah. the yeah. shortest yeah. event. Yeah. yeah. But it's just everything about it, the build up. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all on the line just and it, like they're all kind of swagged out. They add yeah. a little bit, you know, they got cool chains on. <laughs> Some of them will wear sunglasses even though it's nighttime. Yeah. And just the build up, like yeah. it's just it's just so tense. Mm. It was one of my favorite things to watch at like a, a sports carnival. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the last race, the fastest kids that ran. Um, yeah, so being able to see like the fastest people in the world, that would be so awesome. So exciting. Gidge? Um, the coolest sporting event I ever went to was when I was in the States, like four years ago, I went to two box games. That was really cool. The first one was the best cause we had seats like pretty close to the, to the front. I watched the Bucks versus the Raptors. I can't remember who they versed in the second one. And then, um, probably same as CJ bucket list is definitely an origin match, but it's got to be on home ground. Yeah. Gotta be at Suncorp. Yeah. I've yeah, had three sure. origin tickets the last three years and I haven't gone. Why? What? How do you, I would, yeah. I would move mountains. <laughs> like, I would make it happen. Are they, are they that hard to get? Yeah, I went yeah. to buy tickets for my parents for their birthday this year. It was already sold out. Not if you know the right people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and well, you're friends with like 80% <laughs> of the NRL. <laughs> you get them for free. <laughs> no, no, no. Is that how you scored free ones through people like that? No, just through um like uh, my mates that had like sponsorship deals with yeah, okay. like uh, brands with Suncorp and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the last three years I've been offered, but. Yeah, I can't remember why I didn't go. Hmm. Um, what about you? Gold Coast 500 bucket list? <laughs> nah, so I reckon the best thing I've ever been to, besides I've seen I've seen the All Blacks play, I've seen uh, the Crusaders, I've been to a ton of NRL games, some basketball games as well, like local stuff. But the Manny Pacquiao thing, uh, seeing Manny Pacquiao fight was unreal. And he was like from me to you away, Tombro, when he was walking to the ring. Oh, and like nice. as a Filipino, like there oh. isn't one Filipino that doesn't know the name. Like... They want him to be the president. Like he's the king. Mm. He's everything to Filipinos. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but bucket list. Besides saying like an NBA game, I'm gonna say something like a. I'd love to go to, <clears throat> like watch a boxing fight at MGM, uh, in Vegas. That'll be crazy. Yes. Yeah. Or even something like Wimbledon. Yeah. Like yeah. going Wimbledon. to a Grand Slam, or even yes. a, even a, a Grand Prix. Like. Yeah. I'm not big on F1. I'm like I'm only just starting to get into F1 now, mm. thanks to Bridget. But like, it's insane. Yeah. So this is this is a question I have. If like, let's say you were at a Grand Prix, don't you just get a small clip of like, and you can walk around the track stuff. Like you know, like they've got places that you can wander around, and yeah, you stand in one yeah. spot and see the cars go past. There's a lot to do to there. Spot. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of what you witness, depending on where you are, you only get to see, and then the key parts on the track where like the main overtaking would happen are the most expensive seats. Mm. And then you want to be, you know, close to a big screen so you can see the rest of the race. So the most recent race that happened in Melbourne, there was like a huge thing that happened at the end of the race. But my mates were there and they weren't 
Like they saw all the cars drove past and then no one drove past and all the spectators were like, what's, what's going on? on? And us at home, we're watching it, we're seeing it. And yeah. That it's massive like, crash. Yeah. Um, huge crash. So I guess just being then the suspense and getting to hear the cars. Mm. Like that would, yeah. Yeah. All right, um, we'll get into some powerlifting stuff now because this is a powerlifting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's cool because lots of people say they like us talking about, uh, they like to get to know us a little bit as well because, yeah, I think it's cool. Um, all right, so I've got a few questions here. Um, Tom Bro. Hi. What are the best accessories for SBD? If you guys that are listening don't know what SBD is, that stands for Squat, Bench and Deadlift. No, it stands for strength, belief, and determination. <laughs> when I do it. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you know what I mean by that, right? No. That's the that's, brand. That's SBD, the brand. Yeah. So Is that what it stands for well, for them? Originally, it was just SBD, and the assumption was squat, bench, deadlift. But now that they've branched into weightlifting and, and strongman, and I think they might even be bigger in strongman now than they are in powerlifting. I don't know. Yeah. No way. Yeah, strongman's huge for them. They've rebranded it so people don't associate squat bench deadlift with SBD. No way. There wow. you go. Learned something. Trivia. <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> I like this question. I get asked this sort of stuff on my Q&As all the time as well. And it's so important for us to have an idea of what we're actually trying to achieve with an accessory uh, if we're trying to improve squat bench deadlift. And if, uh, if I'm to point out where people maybe get led astray with this is that they just think an accessory targets a weakness and that weakness is automatically taken care of. So for example, like what's, what's one of the most common weaknesses you guys see in say a squat hips. All right. So hips are weak and then they're like, okay, well single leg RDLs are good for hips. So they do single leg RDLs, assuming that that's fixing the problem that they have and that it's going to transfer to the squat. And that logic is not bad. It's like, okay, I've got this hip breakdown. I've got a hip weakness. I can test for this weakness. I can see it. This exercise is meant to train that. Doesn't necessarily mean it just transfers into the squat. And so if you're working out what the best accessory is, you have to have a really clear idea of how you're going to get it back into the main movement. And there's a few things that you have to take stock of. It's like you have to first account for is this thing targeting the position that i'm trying to fix because that's always what it comes down to it's never muscle it's never okay my hips are weak therefore just do an exercise that trains the muscles of the hips it's like no where are my hips weak what does a hip a weak hip actually actually mean it's like my hips are weak because i lose control of my knees my ankles and everything while i'm going through range so we have to have a position set through the range that we're going that's like the first requirement the next requirement is is the load transferable so if I've got Joseph Whitaker squatting 450 kilos and we identify this magical hip weakness and you I give him... can't do a 450 kilo RDL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if I give him a, a, yeah, like a six kilo single leg dumbbell RDL, it's not going to do jack shit to a 450 kilo squat. So I have to think, how can I load the exercise that I'm using to train the weakness in a way that's going to transfer over reasonably into the next exercise? And there's like a chain or a ladder of this stuff. And then finally, uh, which is actually completing the circle, because it's not the last thing on the list, it's actually the first thing of the, on the list, is can you do that in the lift itself? So like the thing that I always say time and time again is the only way we're going to fix, say, Joseph's 450 kilo squat is with his 447.5 kilo squat. The only way we're going to fix that is with his 445. Like you have to fix the squat with the squat. So cueing, understanding what you're trying to achieve with the cueing, understanding the position, how to load, scale up and down that position in the movement and then regress that movement. Those are the best accessories. Well, so, I, so it's a super open-ended question, but I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends how you look at it because um, also the squat bench deadlift, that's, uh, that, is, that makes up our sport of powerlifting. So the way I always try to explain to a lot of, a lot of people I coach or just people in general is squat bench deadlift, that's the skill. We're practicing the skill of squat bench deadlift with every rep, every uh, set that we do. Like you always say, Thomas, it's uh, every rep, every set, it's an opportunity to get better. Uh, well, you say something along those lines. Um, <clears throat> so I always encourage people, you know, we practice perfect technique or as close to perfect technique across those movements and everything else when we say it's an accessory to those movements. Um, so we're practicing the skill there and then we're trying to build strength elsewhere. 
And like you said, there we can add nuance. Okay, he's got pretty shitty hips in the squat. Okay, we can uh, we can f- help uh, create better movement patterns. I guess you can say through the leg press. You know, practice doing this through a controlled tempo. Even little things like with the bottoms up kettlebell press. Like when you really think about, or well, lots of people they'd see it and be like, "That's not going to do anything." But what I think it does, it creates awareness and it creates uh, control and it helps the lifter understand what their body's doing in space. Mm-hmm. If their scap's moving around willy-nilly with a six-kilo uh, six kettlebell, it's easier for them to identify that issue than it is with the barbell in their hands, thinking about everything, thinking about 10 other cues, mm-hmm. what they're doing with their hips, uh, sorry, their legs, uh, their leg drive, their upper back shoulders. But if you break it down, they're doing it with a six-kilo ki- kettlebell, it's going to make what I think, it's going to give them better understanding what they're doing there then when they go to jump on the bench. Yeah, for sure. And all of that just comes down to like defining what the exercise is and what it's for. And this is the thing. It's like people will do exercises and call it, say, a stability exercise. Might not be doing jack shit for what we understand stability to be, but it might be great at priming those muscles, getting them ready, creating awareness, like you're saying, creating feeling, creating feeling and transferring feeling into other exercises that you can load up heavier. I mean, that shit's golden. Mm. that's like that's a huge part of getting someone to improve and change the way that they move and yeah so like if you ask us as in zero what are the best accessories for squat bench deadlift the answer is squat bench deadlift done in the right way and so it starts there it starts with cueing the next level that we define i call modulated intensity so basically doing the same exercise but making it harder without making it heavier so our go-to in zero is tempo work and we always prescribe tempo on the concentric, on the way up. Because if you just go slow down, then explode up and, you know, in a squat, cave your knees on all over the place, lose your back position, let go of your upper back, let go of your wrists. All you're doing is training yourself to lose position. Like you're just reinforcing that. So we focus really hard on maintaining that position in the transfer between down and up, which is the hardest part, and maintaining it on the way up, which is the second hardest part. So if we can if we can do that, that's how we see such rapid improvement in the top end stuff. And you're always going to get a group of people that are like, oh no, when you move heavy, your body's just going to do what it wants anyway. So if you see that breaking down in the top end, in fact, Angus Bradley made a post about this yesterday and he put a little thing uh, defending gold standard technique and that that's about us for sure because he's he likes Thomas and he likes Zero uh, and I like Angus. So thank you, Angus, for making that little point in there. Uh, and so... If, if you don't have a really clear idea of not only just what that gold standard is, but how you're going to achieve that, then 100%, you just, you just might spend way too much time uh, spending going into the weeds on technique and wasting time not just getting stronger. It, it's a real art to understand what we're trying to achieve with technique, how to achieve that with technique, but then also have consideration for trying to make someone as strong as possible. Cause at some point in that journey, you have to let go of the idea of perfect technique. Uh, it's always in the back of your mind, but at some point you have to put it aside for the sake of making someone stronger. And that point where you put it aside will change as they get better and better to the point sometimes where you don't have to talk about it much at all. Yeah. Well, like, cause at the end of the day, when it gets down to competition and Joseph Whitaker stands up with 400 and what does he score? 52 yeah. kilos and his upper back, Loses upper back a little bit when he gets well, off the platform. For, for Joseph, he never gets it, but oh, that's a that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but we're you know working what? on that, brother. The first thing that happens when he walks off the platform, Thomas doesn't go. Oh man, that was actually you lost your upper back. Yeah, it's it was like, a bit ugly. No, nah, there's a difference <laughs> between training and the sport. Yeah. So like, whatever happens on competition day isn't a reflection of what happens in training uh, to an extent. But I'm assuming in training they're trying their best to yeah. get better at those little things. You got to see uh, it as a cycle. So, yeah. if you can hold position, you can move more weight. So, when you're training in lighter, if you, when you're training in lighter phases, if you can hold a better position, you can do more weight for more reps. That carries over strength-wise. And what I mean when I say technique, let's go. That's not an excuse to say never stop working on technique or just accept that technique, let's go. Because the goal is to continue to push that gap between perfect technique and max performance smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And what we see as we do that is that that gap will close but while it's closing it's also moving up it's like the top end is moving up because we're closing that gap is there any courses where anyone can learn anything about this <laughs> <laughs> yes james we're glad you asked. <laughs> jump on our website fill in the link for the zero coach development course but yeah i mean like that that really is the art of coaching uh and if you become hyper focused on technique 
to the point where you lose that art and you're just like, no, that's not perfect. We need to scale it back. That's just silly. And a lot of that mindset comes from hurting people, as in fear of hurting people. People aren't that fragile. People aren't going to break if they lose their knee a little bit or lose their elbow a little bit or whatever. Uh, and uh, to be honest, when I'm watching people lift like that, it's it's not the first thought. The first thought is like, this could be stronger, mm. not this is going to hurt someone. Because I don't know if it's going to hurt someone or not. I know what is going to be stronger or less stronger. Mm. All right. Um. So what is the, anyway, just to close it off, what is the perfect accessory? It depends on your on your thinking, on your system, on what you believe the actual lift to be. My advice would be, unless you can clearly, like if I asked you the question, why are you doing this accessory? How does it carry over? If you can, unless you can clearly answer that question, and it's not enough to say his upper back is weak, therefore he's doing rows. Rows are great for upper back. That's not enough. Because then the next question is, okay, how is that row going to make his upper back better? What are you actually training? Because strength is not necessarily the answer. If we want to fix, sorry to keep throwing you under the bus, Joseph. We want to fix <laughs> Joseph's upper back. Strengthen his upper back guarantee is not the problem. Because the guy is stronger than any of us. Like he can move the whole stack on whatever he wants on any machine. It's not going to be strength. There has to be something more than that if we're going to see it carry over. Uh, and it's, so it's figuring out, is this actually training what I want to see improve? That's like, um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, they get sore arms from low bar. Um, and a very general response is people going about, oh, he's got poor mobility. And then so... This person, whoever it is, will train their mobility. You know, they're going to slam their shoulders in external rotation and practice holding that position for ages. Eventually, they're going to get better at externally rotating their shoulder so they can get under a barbell a little bit easier. But uh, does it fix the problem? Are they still going to get sore elbows? Mm. Probably, because all they did was just move a joint from A to B. Like, that's, would you say that's what mobility training is? Yeah, that, and it's another annoying word. It's like, what, you, what even is mobility? Well, that's what I mean. I th I'm like, mobility, just, yeah, like like you've said previously, or the definition of mobility is moving something from A to B. So Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> he hasn't, you haven't addressed the problem. You've just moved the joint. You've made the, I don't even know where I'm going. No, no, no. It's 100% on the right track. It's exactly what we're saying. It's like, you've got to see the bigger picture. It's like, can you access the position? That's step one. Can you strengthen the position? That's step two. How do you strengthen the position? Well, you can only strengthen it if you're training it specifically. So if you're using that example of rows, rows, I would say, are probably the most poorly done exercise out of all of like powerlifting accessories because people literally just move the thing from A to B and they think that a, a strong back equals a strong everything else, which is partially true, but what we care about in lifting and powerlifting is a strong position. So are you training the row in a way that mirrors the position that you want to achieve on a squat or a bench press. And the thing that people miss the most with that is just range. You do a close grip row on a cable stack, you stop where your stomach is, take your arms out to the side. That's ages away from where you need to have your arms back when you do a bench or a squat. If you want to make that position better, you need to train through that full range. If you don't have that range, you need to get it. If you don't know how to do it, that's why coaches are here. That's why we're here. We'll help you out. This is what we do. All right. Download our app. <laughs> Not out yet, but it will be. Yeah, so when's that coming? Um, <clears throat> have we got time? We got, uh, we got time. anything silly at the end? Nah, we, I don't. <sighs> My bad. <laughs> we, we all look forward to it. <laughs> quickly, quickly Google something. <laughs> something silly. No, we'll have something silly for next week. Um, but actually, no, this is a good one. How to determine your one rep max when starting powerlifting? I think the better question is why to determine your one rep max. That's what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, why do you need to determine your one rep max? Because oh, the answer, how, is easy. Fucking max out. Yeah. <laughs> Load it up. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was just a question because, you know, that's uh, when people get into powerlifting and they've never done that, they think that they need to have one rep max to start. Um, mm. But yeah, like you said, Thomas. I, yeah, and I think that's really important for coaches to hear as well. Knowing someone's one, one rep max doesn't actually change that much. Mm. Mm. Because like, let's say... Let's say Bridget's brand new. She's like, I don't know what my numbers are. And we're like, cool, let's find out. Do like a little introductory program, max her out. This is what I actually used to do. The PTC method for me, everyone did this intro program where it was like, I think it went, 
We went three by five, five by three, three by three, three by two, max out the next week. Oh. And I would, everyone yeah. would get stupid results. Everyone that was new. Um, like Junior, uh, one of our first ever members, had never deadlifted before. And between starting and doing that four-week program and the end, he deadlifted like 260 or something like that. And it's like zero to 260 in four weeks. And wow, amazing. Check out this result. He just learned how to deadlift. That's all. Like he, he was already strong. Uh, and so what happened with a few people, and I learned this pretty quickly, is that you get these numbers, you plug them into a program, you give them the next program, and they they might blitz the next program. Like the numbers are way too easy. And it's because it's not their real max because they don't know how to max out yet. They don't have the skill of lifting heavy. So getting that one rep max in air quotes, that, that information doesn't help that much because if I plug it in using percentages and it spits out some numbers and I see that it's too easy, I'm just going to make them heavier anyway. So especially in newer lifting is using estimates, but also like watching them, asking them how it feels, teaching them RPE, that's going to be a bit more valuable. Some people want to max out and sure. And it's, this is where I'd step in and also say, do you guys think there's any harm in maxing someone out? Especially someone like, let's say they've only been training with you for six weeks, whether they're experienced or not. Is it a bad thing? Mm. I don't think so either. Yeah, just no. for the record. I think it gets a worse rap than it deserves. Mm. It was like, don't, don't max out. Maxing out, it's a bad idea. It's like, yeah, with, I mean, with some context, but like someone new that's training for strength that wants to see how strong they are, show them. Mm. And say, look, this is how we can improve. Like if they max out, it's not going to tire them out because they're not good at maxing out. It's not going to hurt them because they probably won't be able to max out efficiently anyway. And I mean, we're not idiots. If they lift like shit, you're not going to let them max out. But if they can do the lift well enough, what's the harm? I think it's so ironic how like you still hear coaches go, no, don't, you're going to hurt yourself. It's like our sport is literally <laughs> maxing out yeah. nine times on the platform yeah. to lift as heavy as you can. Nine times. Yeah. Yeah. It's like telling a boxer not to punch something. Oh, 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 oh. you're going to hurt him. Yeah. yeah. I, like I'll get lifters occasionally or I have over the years, you know, be, I'll, they'll post on Instagram that they maxed out and then, Sorry, coach, or make a little joke and then send it and be like, look, I know I shouldn't do this. I'm like, that was sick. Well done. Mm. Cool. You know, if they're doing it every week, yeah, we might have a problem. If they do it too regularly, yeah, we might have a problem. But sometimes it's fun to just lift heavy and max out. And it's not actually that harmful. It gives people confidence. There's, there's a lot of benefits to doing an impromptu max out. This is not, don't, don't clip this and then use it as justification <laughs> to max out all the time. Uh, but it's not its not the end of the world. Mm. So if you're listening to this, max out. <laughs> send it through. Guilt-free. <laughs> yeah, don't tag us. <laughs> That's the take one. Yeah, we don't want to see that. Zero said to do it. <laughs> uh, we went through a little period here. I, I, I think I was uh, partly to blame. We went yeah. through a little period. <laughs> yeah. Thomas went away for a month. And oh. everyone started maxing out every week. Actually, that was the best. <laughs> when, was Tombra, when Tombra used to go away, <laughs> this was before then, actually. Oh, really? So before then, Tombra would go away, me, Edan, Andy, we'd all start just doing the dumbest shit in the gym, eh? <laughs> it was so good. Not dumb, but, you know, we'd all be, like, maxing out. But we're, like, eight weeks away from comp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's it, – this is what I mean. It's not that bad of a thing because mm. no one got hurt. And also you learn your lesson because you try and max out three weeks in a row and don't go anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, you learn very quickly. Okay, oh, that doesn't actually work. Uh, that's like, um, can you guys remember Sam? Which Sam? Uh, he tried to bench 145. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah I He's the man. Sam. He, Big he, Sam. Yeah, he listens to the podcast still. Um, but can you remember that, CJ, when he maxed out? So he hit 135. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Then he could say, oh, next week, 140. Or next week, 150 or something. Yeah, he just kept, he, he had, because, you know, he's new to strength training, so he had really unrealistic expectations. Um, but, but no, so he hit 135, moved at like an RPE 10, he's like, I got 140. I'm like, it was so funny. I was like, you don't have 140. He's like, I've got 140. I was like, nah, you don't. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's film it, whatever. And remember, everyone uh, crowded around him, like he had spotters and everything, and he just went down to his chest and just, just stapled. His the barbell almost touched the bench, like went through <laughs> his body. And no one, like, there was no, like, urgency to grab the bar. Everyone just started so laughing. laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. And he just sat up so, he was laughing and he was embarrassed. He was like, yeah, I didn't have 140. It was so good. It's always so good, like, when, when someone does the worst lift ever and says they can go more. 
And then you're like, fine, you let them do it. And then they actually get it. Mm. <laughs> like you have to trust your gut as a coach. And if you think they're not going to get it, don't let them do it. But the, the person who comes to mind who I think of, who I kind of trust what they can do is Tom Hardy. Oh, yes. Because he'll do the dirtiest, gross. Like we did it in the peak for Pro Roy. He did the worst 340 squat I've ever seen. It was terrible. <laughs> and he's like, I got 360. And I'm like, you got to go home. <laughs> no, but, you've got 280. <laughs> I've learned the the uh, slower Tommy goes, the more weight he's got in him. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. The slower. I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, I got it. And then he squatted it like it was nothing. That's, that's funny. There's another Tom in here at the moment who's an absolute <gasps> maniac. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Tom, young fella. He's only 17 years old. He's doing, is he doing nationals? Oh, I yeah. Met, I yeah. met him just he before I went sprints? away. Yeah, yeah. so he trains yeah. so hard. Trains the hardest out of anyone <laughs> in here. And um, he came in and maxed out his bench. He missed 110 like three or, f- three or four times in a row. Mm. I was like, bro, just leave it there. He's like, okay, whatever. Came back in the next day and he was loading up the bar. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to try it again. I've got it. I've got it. And he hit it so easy. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? He trains like a maniac for two hours. He goes to me, James, is cardio good for me? I was like, yeah, bro, you should do a little bit of cardio. Now he sprints on the after treadmill as hard session. as he can after every treadmill. <laughs> yeah. I oh, wish God. I was 17 again, eh? I was going to say, like, I, I admire that. If I try and max out bench today, I won't be able to bench for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> He does like 20 rep sets at like 140 and his legs are shaking the whole time. And it's the scariest thing and he loves it, eh? So good. He's a meathead. I need to talk to him. That's how I ended up with hips like I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for, li- li- thanks for listening. Give us five stars. See you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.